Welcome back to another edition, season three of Unguarded, presented by Weevolve. I'm your girl, Jory Davis. I'm here with Hyun. What's up, Jory? What's going on? Nothing. We're back and uh, with a bit of a different format. Not too different, but um, slightly. Yep. Always keeping people on their toes with something new. <laughs> um, just trying to trying to hone in a little bit more, dive a little deeper, keeping it on on topic and kind of focusing on emotions and different feelings um, compared to the journey. Yeah, I thought the last you know the, the the last two seasons obviously were were good, and I think you know we had people who in some of the episodes were you know kind of long edit some of them down and i was just like you know what maybe we're at that point where we can just really get into more i know you're really about like getting more at the heart of something right so it was just like okay so how can we do that with a podcast and it's like let's find someone that you have a good connection with and Mm -hmm. stick on one top you know stick to one topic and just really really get into that one topic for like 30 minutes right and so right that first guest is Abiola Wabara. Are, are you sure that's how you say her last name? That's how you say it. That's how you say it. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> we checked at so, the beginning of the episode. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so so tell uh so tell us a little bit about Abiola. Yeah, so Abiola, you know, was born well, she's from Italy, but her, her parents are Nigerian, so she's Nigerian and Italian. And you know, she she's was the first actually uh, woman to to be the black player, a black player that left and went to college. So she's one of the first to do a lot of things when it comes Wait, to college basketball. Player. You mean okay? So you mean in Italy, right? The first black, yeah, okay, in Italy, black female in Italy. player in Italy to go, yeah, okay, yep, yep. Um, you know, went to bed, played at Baylor. Um, you know, was made it to the WNBA for a stint. Um, you know, had a very well good career. Um, however. Much of her early life in Italy was was tough, um, and she dealt with a lot of racism and different things around uh, growing up in, in in Italy. And of course, I love Italy, but she has a different perception and, and you know experience when it comes to the Italians. So we've we've talked about that over our you know friendship growing it. Uh, we met I think maybe two years ago. And uh, it was just over business. We had the same agent and he connected us, um, both wanted to kind of help athletes. And that's where it it started. And it just kind of took off from there. Like we've been cool ever since. So it's been been nice getting to know her and she's pushed me. She's been kind of like a mentor, actually, for me when it comes to transitioning and some things I need to pay attention to. And um but this in this episode, we we talk a little bit more about her her dealings with Italy and and how she really feels. Right. So she so she played for like over ten years, right? Professionally. Yeah, she played over ten years. I think went to like twelve years or so. Um, got her masters in England, and uh, from there, that's where she she started to work on her company, Global, via her masters program, um, and then she went back to to America, started to work for Accenture, 
I think that's the the company name. Right. And, um, you know, she's been doing well for herself. Uh, homeowner in America, uh, working on her another company that she's starting uh, for consulting um, away from athletics. So she's just really been, you know, making those the power moves. Um, and, and she's an artist. Right. She, and she's she, an artist. Yeah. Art by Abby she, she does a lot. Yeah. She does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Selling, selling her art and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And I think. Yeah, I think you guys have an interesting perspective because obviously you love Italy as a player, as a prof- as an American, as a Black American female basketball player who spent some time in Italy. Um, and then, you know, for her experiences, like, look, you know, growing up there was very different in my perception. So mm-hmm. you guys kind of back and forth. And even just some of the stuff that I think maybe not be in the podcast, but like some of her feelings about trying to unite the collective of, you know, your mission and where you guys stand is always... I think it's always good to have people who are willing to kind of push you to think harder to give you different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for sure, like community building um, and especially when we talk about our our black people, you know, it's sometimes it's tough to see that, you know, is it possible for us to unite? Um, And she she kind of I think it's from a place of not wanting me to be completely disappointed or hurt. Um, at the end of the road, um, if it, it can't be a reality or, you know, if it's like you have this dream like mentality that this can happen. Um, so she's totally not a fan of me betting on us, per se, um, completely, completely. But, you know, I think it's just from a place of trying to trying to prepare me or warn me that, you know, hey, don't don't be too gullible. All right. And so this episode, I think originally we thought it was about anger, but it really seems more to be about the anger that stems from racism and how she deals with that, but also in a way how she doesn't deal with that, right? How yeah. she deals with it by not <laughs> dealing with it. So um, all right, this intro is going a little long, so let's just have you intro the episode. Well... I want you guys to enjoy season three, episode one with the wonderful, the creative Abiola Wabara. I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, learn a lot from it. And let's get to it. Welcome to another show. I'm here with Abiola Wabara. Wabara. It's becoming a normal thing that like literally every guest I'm like, I'm sorry if I don't know how to pronunciate your name, but how you doing? What's been going on? Where are you at right now? I am in Houston, Texas at home. Um, Not much going on, just chilling really. That's Luna is is, uh, growling in the background. Yeah, I'm not sure I was staring at the window. There's nothing out there, but okay. I guess she's starting to learn her defensive skills. But you're in Houston, and what you been up to? What's keeping you kind of afloat and busy during this this time? I mean, you know, work. Uh, I took some time off for Christmas, but, you know, mainly work. Luna's been taking a lot of my time. Uh, new pop, trying to figure out what she's going through in life. And, and my art, just painting and trying to get new art buyers and, you know, collectors and stuff like that. Yeah, Luna going through a lot. We're going to have to yeah, pause. Let me see what she's barking at. The first thing is, if someone's like, where are you from? What's your identity? 
was how do you how do you answer that question? I, mean, I would say I was born and raised in Italy. I'm Nigerian by blood, and I live in the U.S. So when you meet Americans, you'd say you black or you just because I know we had this discussion I never asked a while that, ago. Because you can see that I'm black, so I don't have to tell you that. Right. I'm black. Like it's right. to me, that's not an identity. That's just the color of my skin. Um, gotcha. I'm Italian. I'm Nigerian. Being black, Italian and Nigerian. It's obvious. I don't have to tell you I'm black. You can see right. I'm, I'm the darker shade you could get. So. <laughs> Got you. You know, got you. When you say, um, you know, everything triggered you, like, of course, like, you know, we gonna, we're going diving into anger in this this episode. But when you say it triggered you, what things, what like memories or anything does it bring back as far as like growing up in Italy and dealing with being black in, in Italy? I mean, um, like. We can start from when I was like three years old. Like my very first memory is like being in the park with my mom and these kids coming over and rubbing my skin to see if it came off. And I look at my mom like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, what, what's, what's happening? <laughs> like, do I yeah. like, what's happening here? And I never forget yeah. her response was like, just ignore those little mozzarellas and let's go. And that was her calling white people mozzarellas and just made me laugh. And I was like, all right, well, and we get moving. But I mean, it's been an ongoing thing from being hypersexualized when I was like 13. Mind you, there was nothing sexually appealing about me at 13. I didn't have not one shape, not one boob, not no like nothing. Nothing that could right. possibly make you feel like, oh yeah, she is she's mature enough for me to approach her as right. a white man. Uh, and that was because there was a lot of prostitution going on there. And unfortunately, a lot of the prostitutes were either Nigerian, Brazilian, but there was also a lot of Eastern European, so white as hell. But yeah. somehow just being black automatically puts you into, into that category of, oh, I can approach her that way because she's a black mm-hmm. girl. So there was that. Um, I got into fights and I'm not even a fighter. <laughs> and um, I got into, they were, they were mainly verbal fight, but I did get into a couple of physical ones when I was younger. It was always because of somebody that's talking about go back where you come from, blah, 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 blah. And as long as it was verbal, fine, whatever. But when you put my mom into the equation, they start talking mm-hmm. about that black bee, da 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 da, and that's when you know mm-hmm. a couple punches went out. And I was small; I was like eight years old. And my brother, I think that was the first time. It's all before age. you hit ten. All before you hit ten years old. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the only few times that me and my brother were on the same page because I could just not stand my brother growing up. <laughs> when that boy. We was, it was a teenager. It was bigger than us. He said that about our mama. I looked at my brother. We didn't want to say nothing. I looked at him. I nodded. I grabbed his boy hair, pulled it back, and my brother just punched him in the face. And then we kept him moving. And that's, what part of Italy were y'all in? What part of Italy exactly you from? I mean, I was in Parma up north. Uh, it's a cute mm-hmm. little town, like pretty small. It's pretty rich, the people that are from there. Um, we lived in the, I guess, the equivalent of the projects in the U.S. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning that people pay what they can afford based on their income. And in our case, it wasn't a lot. The difference that I can say is being that that neighborhood was not built for poor black people. Mm -hmm. We just so happened to be part of the neighborhood. It was a nice neighborhood. Well, (laughs) it was nice aesthetically. Yeah. We had (laughs) nice parks. We had, you know, everything was clean. It wasn't like trash and just make you feel like you're at home and you know you're poor. Was it a nice neighborhood? No, there was a lot of like drug dealing. Like the guy above me was a drug dealer. He was a cool mm-hmm. dude. He not mess with us, but right. I mean, and now was just like, all right, can we not? Like, you know. Um, and even today, a lot of the people we grew up with, they're not necessarily in good places. Like we got out, and it was good, but 
so technically it wasn't it's you know because again we always talk about this you and I how you like why do you want to go to Italy and you came to America <laughs> and it's like we totally backwards two two black women and you can't went to America and I'm like well I love Italy so it's is is perspective is everything in these situations but going through all of that and obviously you went through all of that at a very young age and of course it continued throughout your your childhood even once you started to play sports how did that lead to anger you know like well, how did you start to to you know see the anger part manifest you know as you continue to to grow honestly i didn't see it right away um like in hindsight once i became like in my 20s and i started playing in other countries and stuff and I started seeing how I felt like when I was in Israel, I was just happy go lucky, just walking around minding my business, just chilling. I want to play in Spain. And then when I went back and played in Italy after being gone for so long, like after college and after playing these two, three countries, I came back and I realized I was walking around waiting for somebody to say something so I can pop off. Like I, I realized that when I went back that I was just really angry every time I stepped foot in that country. I was waiting for someone to say something stupid because A, they didn't know I was Italian because I'm black, so they assumed I didn't speak. So I was right. waiting for someone to say something stupid so I could reply and make them feel twice as stupid for saying in front of someone that actually understands you. And that was my little thing I like to do. Like Even like when I was in Spain, like I speak Spanish, but I didn't let my teammates know that I spoke Spanish for the first couple of weeks. I just wanted to know if anyone was going to say something stupid. Right. They, didn't. they were awesome. And after I said it, after I replied, one of my team was so mad. She's like, look here, I don't speak English. And you wasted this time making me try so hard to talk to you. <laughs> I, like, hey, I had to make sure you was good people for me to right. waste my time talking to you. Right. But, so you were out to find people, find them out, you know, like act like you didn't speak to see who. I mean, not necessarily find them out, but just not giving you a chance to get caught up. Like you would know right away not to mess with me. Like I don't do fake anything if i don't like it, i don't like you if i like you i like you but if you start acting a certain way just because you think i don't understand you're already on the bad side for me so i'm not even going to give you my energy but um one of my best friends is the one that mentioned that i was the most tense and angry she ever seen me when i was when we was in italy she said damn Abby, when you are here you just tense i'm like man be like i'm just waiting for somebody to say something stupid so i can go off and it happens regularly so it's just like i'm just ready even at the airport when i land i give my red italian passport and then the stupid dude at the, at the window be like do you speak italian and i'll be like you ask that to every person with an italian passport and i said that in italian i'm like yeah the question is that i just right. gave an italian passport Right. You know, and they just start as soon as I come in. I'm like, oh, here we go, and I just and I just landed. And I'm I'm already tired. I'm like, I ain't got it. I can't do with y'all. Yeah. I, with y'all. <laughs> I mean, because you've been in a sense fighting to to prove that point. You know, like your whole your whole childhood. So it's like, do you do you still feel yourself feeling anger towards like the Italian people and the culture and like the underlying racism that is there you know i haven't yeah. again i know you've said this that look you 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 play basketball is different because they know you're, also, you're american right yeah well so it's like oh she's going back where she came from for one so yay uh-huh. and two you're american oh yeah america is so cool yay like yeah 
And, and that was another thing that they thought was a compliment to me when I was growing up as a teenager, when I first started playing basketball. They will say that they thought I was American and not African. And I was like, first of all, I'm very African. Thank you very much. Right. Like, well, but you don't look like the other Africans around here. I was like, why? Because I'm not at the corner selling you a, like a purse. Like my mama got two jobs. That's why I'm not doing that. But right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I very could easily be another person that has to do that too. Like the, the, the calling you American was supposed to be a compliment. And to me, that was an insult to who I actually was. I'm like, you sound right. stupid. And, and based on what, you know, like, oh, your features, like, so you study every single feature in the entire continent of Africa for you to know. Yeah. This is ignorance. ignorance. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, so when, when you started to play, what other, what other things started to manifest, like, when it came to, like, being angry around always having to fight? Um, just ignorance, truthfully, just ignorance about who you are and where you're from and all those other things. I mean, like, the biggest example that I have that was actually one big cluster F that happened um, during the playoffs in Italy, uh, we were playing against Como, and I guess a bunch of quote-unquote fans came in. Um, I later found out they were actually banned from the soccer fields because of their racism and their ignorance, so they were bored and decided to walk into the basketball game. And again, thinking I didn't speak Italian and all of that, they just started really calling me all kinds of N-words and this and that. And at first I thought I was like, nah, you're tripping. Like, you're just so used to be ready for that that you're just hearing it. And I go and shoot a free throw, so I'm facing them. And I see them. Mount, like, I can hear them and see them. So I shoot my little free throw. I flick them off. I walk to my coach and I tell them, you better tell this ref to do something or somebody's about to get hurt. And I told him, because I was like, wherever I'm guarding, I'm about F her up until somebody does something about me being called a nigga this entire game. The ref didn't stop it. And, <laughs> oh boy, was I mad. Like, I started, I started showboating. If anyone knows me, knows that one thing I do not do is showboating. I started showboating. Every time I do something, I'll walk right in front of those people, uh, like pull my shirt, show my name, do something. And we won. I had... A great game, actually. So I was like, thanks for making me mad. Mm-hmm. After the game, I went up to them and I clapped my hands and I said, you are an excuse of a human being. You know, this man spat at me. And when he did that, and that's when I lost it. And I launched and I had him by his collar. And I had my fist ready for this first punch. That would have been the first time I ever punched somebody in my life. Hmm. I had my fist ready. I swear, Jory, I was about to punch the mess out of this man. And then my teammate grabbed me from the back. Because that was a, um, like a playoff game where in semifinals, right. winning meant that we had one more game. And if I had punched him, I probably would have been expelled, even though the game was over. So they grabbed me and like, no, Abby, we need your next game. I was like, I don't give a about you and your game. Right. Yeah, so I was just mad. And my manager was like a 6'5 dude. He literally picked me out like a purse. I was like, okay, we're going to the locker room because <laughs> you're about to do a lot over here. And I mean, I nobody said nothing, though. I mean, I would have been mad as hell, too. Like, nobody's going to have anything. my back. So you like, feel my teammates like had my back. Better. My teammates had my back, you know. And um, But the black girls on the Como team, I was like, y'all, y'all, y'all should be embarrassed to play with a team like this. Because, I mean, your ass is black, too. And you didn't say not one thing. Granted, they were the black people that Italians like because they were, like, light skin, green eyes. Like, they could pass for white, honestly speaking. Yeah. But well, Luna is acting up. 
Pause. Moment. Pause. What's she doing? I don't know. She's barking at something. <laughs> Luna, what's up? She actually scared me to that earlier because she was acting like a complete asshole outside and I was trying to pull her to get inside and she walked too hard on the leash and I guess she choked and I guess she fainted. I don't know what happened, but she <laughs> she fell over. But no, what was scary is that when she fell over, she fell on the rock and I heard a toop on her head. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, I my dog. And so I was like, Luna, Luna, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, you need to stop acting like a little brat. You see what happens? You know that. Yeah, I don't know what she was doing. on them leashes. No, but that's why I bought a harness. But it was just, the leash was just quicker because I just thought she was just going to go right. pee and come back. But she started acting a fool. What, when it came to everything you went through, obviously, what was it, what were some of the things that you disliked when you realized you were angry? And what was it that you were angry at? You know, like what, what, why were you so angry? I mean, one thing that I dislike is I'm a very peaceful person. So I don't like when anyone gets me out of my character. And being in Italy, I was just angry every day because of A, I'm six feet tall, I'm dark skinned. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't go unnoticed. The thing is, I don't go unnoticed for the wrong reasons because it ain't like I'm just like walking around like I'm now Yomi Campbell or something. And I'm yeah. like, the time I'm just in sweats. So it's not like I'm attracting any type of weird attention or whatever, whatever. Anyway, if I'm dressing cute, honestly, in Italy, I always avoided like short skirts. Like when I came to the States, if I tell you I was ready to put some clothes on, <laughs> so I was like, hey, if I finally I can be cute and not like have to protect myself from like men thinking I'm about to be a prostitute or something. Right. You know? But like in Italy, I was trying to avoid that as much as I could because I was like, I was just wearing jeans or, you know, I was just angry about the fact that I can just walk around without somebody coming up to me with something stupid. You know, it was like, why can't I just mind my business today without having to entertain somebody or having to cuss out this man for following me around or having to like walk around without expecting some random dude to pull their thing out? Like, I, this is tiring. I was just tired. And when I came here, I wasn't the center of attention anymore. Like if somebody stared at me, it's because they thought I was cute or something. Or they liked I had what I had on. It wasn't because I was black. Because there were right. so many other people black around me that I was like, yo, I'm not a middle of attention anymore. Like I like this. So that that was one of the things that kept me on anger because I was like, bro, I'm not in the mood for this today. Like, don't come at me with anything stupid because I will make you feel dumb. <laughs> and I did a lot of times. And people are so entitled, they will get mad for you to for you to giving them like a stupid answer to a stupid question. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, what do you want from me? Oh, but I have black friends from Brazil. Like, well, then go ask them. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, you felt like you were always just the the poster black black child that had to represent for the black people every time. Like, I mean. Did it was no, it just tiring? I wouldn't say it represent for other black people, but I didn't have nobody else that could understand how it felt. Because every time it happened during the basketball, like the, the example I gave you earlier, that was just one. I had another one when I was at 16 and we were killing the team and I was having a lot of points or whatever. I was obviously the most athletic kid on the on the floor. And these mothers, the fact that they were mothers just blew my mind. Just really start calling me all kinds of N words and monkey this and then the next. And I lost my mind then too. And during the game, I've made a beehive towards 
the, the stance and I was climbing about ready to go and pop somebody and my teammates again grabbed me. And then I told my coach, take me out, I'm gonna F up somebody. And I started firing the mess out of anybody that came to me, it was a foul on purpose. And I was trying to get kicked out. Nobody, nobody did anything because they were embarrassed because they didn't even protect me. But at the same time, so I told my coach, like, you know what? These kids on the floor didn't do nothing to me. Just stick me out. Right? right. But then my coach did in my face, like about you need to calm down, this and that and that. I was like, oh hell no, you know to tell me how to feel. I'm the only black person in this entire gym. Y'all right. talking me from the color of my skin. You tell me how to feel. You got me all the way after. And I left. I went to the locker room, punched the hole in the door. Like, and that was the angry, ang- like the most angry, angering thing was nobody else can understand how I felt. Right. And nobody was trying to protect you. I mean, nobody like I feel like I would have been even more so angry that like you look smiling in my face. I'm on your team and stuff and nobody going to like say nothing or stand up for me. Like that's the part. But they did, though. They did. They tried. Honestly, like my teammates, like the, the people I played with always had my back. But I didn't give two craps about their support at that time because you still don't know how this feels. You yeah. can come and tell me I'm sorry for that. I don't give a credit that you're sorry. Like, I don't care. Like, white people right. always want to feel like they need to show you that they're not like everybody else. I don't care what you are, what you are not. You do not know how I feel right now, so I do not need to hear your opinion at this moment in time. Right. You know, like, I know you're not racist. I know that it's not going to come out of your mouth towards me. But right now I'm angry, so let me be angry. Don't come and t- try and tell me how to feel because you don't know right. how that feels, you know? So that was the main part that I was, was like, tiring and just really, ugh, mad. Right. Did, it, did the anger ever lead you to outlash or put yourself, you know, into a situation that you were wrong, but you were so mm-hmm. angry you didn't notice that you were, you know, kind of... No, because like I said, like by nature, I'm a very peaceful person. I don't like confrontation. And that's why the anger always boils up more because you're getting me out of my character. Like I don't like confrontation. I don't want to talk to you if I don't know you. I don't want to, I don't, I don't raise my voice. Like there's a lot of things that I just don't do by nature that those situations took out of me. And, and, and that's when you get me to like that nerve nervousness that's like make you cry type nervousness. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, what you, why are you here? Like, why are you making me go through this? Yeah. So no, I don't. I never initiate, and I never, I never got myself in a situation where my anger got me in trouble because it was always justified and it was always controlled, but it was never wanted. <laughs> if that makes right. sense. Right. Did you Did you learn how to control that, or you think it was just your natural? It was just no. your natural, like personality. Your anger, you were able to control it because of your personality. I think it's my personality because I mean I grew up in a house where. We were never like my mom would never raise her voice. Like nobody was ever like my brother. I mean, you know, being a boy, he was the one mm-hmm. that got his whoopings in the house. Right. But we was like, no one was ever like anger was never a way of communication in my house. I don't think. So I think it was just my personality. Like I never. Ow, damn, Luna! Sorry, she beat me. <laughs> yeah, no, like, anger was never a thing. So I never. Had it, I don't think it was just part of my personality, honestly. Like, I, I always been very shy. Mm-hmm. Um, on the court, I could be more outgoing and more like me. And once I figured out I was actually good at what I was doing, I was athletic, that I had a strength that kind of helped my personality be a little bit less shy. 
But before basketball, I always try to be like as unnoticed as possible because of being black and tall and a girl and all that, you know? Right. I'm gonna take a break so Luna can uh <laughs> she needs to go potty real quick. I'm gonna just take her to pee. Sorry about that. So would you say you still you still upset or get angry with Italy? Yeah. Have you have you gotten past that? Or are you still trying to like how you dealing with the anger of you know the past? I don't know, honestly. I mean, I haven't been in Italy in a while. And actually it's funny because <laughs> I just got a message on Instagram right now from a random dude that says he wrote me because he's working on our work that exposed racism and discrimination. And he read about me on Sky or whatever, where they spoke about my fight against racism. I never fought against racism in Italy. I just experienced it. Like I never wanted to be the token black power. Like, no, I don't give a crap. Like, Y'all continue to figure it out. Like we're not about to be here for you to understand that we are human beings. I'm not doing that, right? right. And uh, and this is the second person that writes me asking me to be a voice to speak about Italian racism, and I don't want to. And the first person I told them was like, I was polite the first time around. I was like, thank you. You know, I don't really have the time for that right now. And then time zone. I was trying to just like say no without saying straight up no. And it's like, why, oh, don't, for you. Huh? Why, do you, why do you not want to want to share that? You know, because it's 2020. Like if they haven't figured it out by now that black people are people, I'm not telling you that. Like I'm not putting my anger out to explain to you that your stupidity hurts other people. If you can't figure it out, then that's your problem. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I have no patience for racist people that want to use black people, it's time to me to hear how stupid you are and having me explain to you how stupid you are every time. I'm not doing that. Right. You're not so a child. It's, it's more so that like, would you say it's just still like a part of you that's just not, you're still not ready to like even, you don't want to talk about it. You're still tired of like having to, to yeah. have discussion. Yeah, like I don't want to have the conversation with you to make you feel better about yourself and your people. I'm not doing that. Like I'm not to be. I'm not about to be the token explanation on how to not behave against humans for the entire population of it. Like I don't care to do that, you know. And 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 the thing that's annoying to me, like if I ever like I had a couple of times I probably share something on Facebook about why I don't go back. Uh, there were articles about Italy being one of the top five racist countries in the world and stuff like that. And I just made a post like, see, that's why I don't go back. And somebody wrote an old article using my Facebook quote and made it sound like they interviewed me to say something about by Italy, but I left because I hate. Said so something really stupid and really hateful that would never even come out of my mouth if she knew. Like people that knew me wrote me like that would sound like he was like I had never had an interview with this person. Yeah, but a bunch of Italian out of nowhere came on my page. Like first of all, you're not even relevant anymore. I was like, first of all, I ain't never spoke to this person. And if I'm not so relevant, why are you here? If I'm so irrelevant, why are you right. bothered by what I supposedly said about your racism? So all these people became um, aggressive towards me for saying that times were racist with racism. <laughs> so I'm like, so you're being racist telling me that you're not racist about we're something racist. That I didn't even I'm say racist. to begin with. So so what do you do? What, it, what, what was it that you kind of 
realize, you know what, this ain't good, whatever, I'm not going to win? Or do you feel like you're still in the position of trying to figure out, you know, just how you approach it? Because, I mean, oh, it's no, really listen, like so, going nowhere. Listen, let me tell you, I don't approach it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm pretty good at keeping myself out of um, altercation because, like I said, I don't like it, um, and I would never start anything. But if someone does come at me in the wrong way, as peaceful as I am as a person, racism is the one piece of mind that I will lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to that, I, it's, it's all game. It's, it's open season. Like I, I don't, I have no. Like, I don't care when it comes to racism towards me or anyone around me. Like, if I see it, I will say something. I'm not the person that's going to walk by somebody being discriminated openly. Like, no. If I see it, and I've done it before. If I see it, I'm doing something about it. Point blank. And that's the only topic, really. That one and children. Like, if I see somebody mistreating a child, I lose my mind there, too. But that's a different reason. But with racism, if I see it, I'm doing something. And I... And I'm not a, a good March person. I don't like going to do those those things. That's not my way of of uh, contributing to the cause. That's not how, what mm-hmm. I do. You know, I do use my art for certain things. But when it comes to actually real life situation, if I see it, I speak up. There's nothing I can do about it, right? Like, if I like I said, if I see, I speak up, and I'm I'm, a, I'm ready for that confrontation. But as far as me, I'm not gonna go to freaking you know, sun downtown knowing that my butt would not come back home. Like I'm not putting myself in those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go to Italy to visit ever again, I'm just going to go ready. And if somebody comes to me with some stupid, I'm going to go right back to them with some stupid. Like I don't think that anger when it comes towards racism is going anywhere. That is just there to stay. It's kind of like a little armor that just comes on and off as needed. Right. And, and I don't feel bad about that because it's not something that is, you know, you know how somebody have like internal issues that you don't know and you need to figure it out? That's not my problem. That's other people's problem. So if they bring it up, I'll react. Right. But I, me as a person, I'm not an angry person. But if you bring it out of me, I have no problem leaving, letting it out. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, So basically, if somebody feel anger towards racism, you ain't got no advice to how they need to deal with it. <laughs> no, because I think that's personal. Like if you have experienced it that's a triggering situation and to me i don't feel like i feel like that deserve an anger response like i don't feel like if someone comes to you with something racist you shouldn't make them feel safe they should make them feel stupid for being racist and so no if you are angry because of racism or those type of things that you cannot control and that are putting you in a situation of you know, sadness and anger. Yeah, display your anger. Like, don't go home mad because somebody else is ignorant. Get Let it out and then go and live your happy life after that. Like, I mean, don't right. get into fights. Don't do anything that can endanger you. But I wouldn't go home you mad. More so somebody mean, else. You more so mean, like, express how you feel. Like, say how you feel. Yes, 100%. And yeah. approach them. Right. Yeah, they're like, don't be victimized by somebody else's ignorance. Because then you're going to be the one holding on to that inside and then just be mad for something that you did not do and make yourself feel worse get it out at like you know customize that's what makes you feel better and then go on and live your happy life afterwards but don't just walk around carrying on what other people's ignorance do- does to you because that's just not fair but i mean i i mean i like i'm i'm glad i grew up there you know what i mean like mm-hmm. educational wise culture wise the food you know like my friends 
like obviously I have a lot of friends um but as far as um everything else there's a lot of things obviously I could have done without but I don't take anything back I feel like everything made me where I am today and it's like an experience that I needed to go through um that's just what makes me happy <laughs> right well as always Abby appreciate talking to you um thank you for having definitely, me definitely always good you know having the combos around whatever it might be race business transitioning shout out to go ball y'all trying to, <laughs> y'all trying to figure out what to do next hit up Abby I don't know how many times we gotta tell y'all <laughs> you're funny but yeah it's good talking to you appreciate you coming on the show 